Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Open with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1, Mother's Day 2018. Can't do any but anything but preach about the goodness of God. You've got to do that every single week. But I'd love to bring a Mother's Day message this Mother's Day. So if you've got your Bibles, open with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Man, worship was awesome this morning. Oh, a mother's love. There's just nothing quite like a mother's love. <laughs> There's just something about mums. Mums are nurturers. Mums are protectors. Mums are teachers. Mums are there to inspire. They're there to, to help. They're there to push the next generation forward. Mums are something special. Mums are flat out special. I'm not sure if we'll ever truly appreciate how great mums are. We all have mums to some extent, whether your mum's not here anymore or they're still here or you have a spiritual mum or whatever, but we all have mums. We will never truly appreciate how incredible mums are. Do you love your mum? Bible talks clearly that we're not just to get along with our mum, but we're to honour our mother and our father. We're called to honour our parents. This morning I want to speak from a text in 1 Samuel chapter 1, which is all about the birth of Samuel, who was the great mouthpiece and instrument of God in the Old Testament, brought about so much through that one life, through Samuel. Samuel, of course, would be the person that God would use to identify and anoint the future king of Israel, David, which is the line that, of course, our Savior Jesus would be born from, but Hannah... Samuel's mum, how he got here was all because of a simply extraordinary, incredible mum named Hannah. We're positioned here with not just a birth story, but the story of an amazing mum. Hannah was something special. Hannah was a standout mum. She was a standout mum. But the thing was, she was going through something very real. See, Hannah, she was afflicted. She was desperate. She was going through real things. She was downcast. She had a void in her life. Her particular void for her life, her context, was how noticeably absent children were from her life. That was her void. That was her struggle. She yearned for this void to be filled. So we're going to read it in 1 Samuel chapter 1. We'll have it on the screen for you as well. It says, There was a certain man of Ramathaim, Zephoam of the hill country Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and Ephrathite. Wow, that was a mouthful. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year to his city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh where the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penaniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, 
He gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her. I mean, this woman was savage. She didn't just annoy. She didn't just point out. It says she grievously set about to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, and this is not a great strategy, just for all the men out there, says, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? This, for me, is not a strategy that would work in my home. (laughs) Babe, look at how blessed you are. (laughs) Look at what you have. More than ten sons. But for some reason, it worked for this guy. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall touch his head. Verse 12, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along, I've been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. And listen to this. Then Eli answered, or in other words, God answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning, Father, for the power of your word. Lord, thank you that it has the ability to change our lives when we read it, when we consume it. Father, help us to understand something new from your word this morning. Lord, we're open to receive Holy Spirit, you're welcome here in this place. I pray it to be your words, Lord, not mine. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said together, Amen. Amen. Hannah, she was afflicted. She was desperate. There's some remarkable things about this text that we can learn from Hannah that we see that for Samuel, she did so much more than just birth a son. She did so much more than just go through the process of conceiving giving birth and raising children. She did so much more than just that. She was so much more than just inevitably what happens when you become a mother to your children, more than the incessant pestering for snacks, the constant Uber driving around town. There was more than just that. There was so much more that Hannah, so much more so that She gave gifts to Samuel before he was even born. And through his process of being born, she gave gifts to him. She lived a certain way. She lived with passion. If I could just draw a a distinction between (laughs) mums and dads. Mums are usually the ones with all the emotion. Dads are usually the ones that are emotionless. That's certainly the truth in my home. 
what do you want? <laughs> Go and ask your mum. It's fine with me, just ask your mum. We take the emotion out of it, but mum seemed to be highly emotive, and Hannah, she had emotion running through her bones, running through her blood. She was passionate about what God had for her in the future. Hannah gives us an example of some of the gifts that a mother can give her children. There are just some things that only a mum can give. There are some things that only a mum can do. There are some things that only a mum can take care of. Amen? There are only some things that a mum can make happen for her kids. So this morning, Mother's Day 2018, I wanted to bring a message called Five Gifts from Mum from this text. And I'm going to go straight to it. The first thing about Hannah that just strikes me when I read this passage is this. She prayed. She prayed. She was a praying mum. Verse 10, she was deeply distressed, it says, and prayed to the Lord. So much so, in another passage, or another part of the passage, she says she couldn't even speak. But instead, she prayed a heart prayer. You know, God knows your heart prayer. God knows your heart cry. God knows the heart. He weighs the heart. He perceives the heart. He knows your heart's cry for your kids. He knows your heart's cry as a mum. The very best gift we can give, or one of the very best gifts we can give our kids is to be praying for our kids. The very best gift that a mom, I believe, can give her kids is to be a praying mom. To be the type of mom that knows when the time has come. Yes, there are times when we need to give our kids some money. Yes, there are times when we need to try to structure some things for our kids and move some things around. But there just comes a time in a mom's life when she has to storm the heavenlies for her kids. And pray for her kids. And pray for her kids. And not stop praying for her kids. See, that's the thing about Hannah. She didn't waste time. It says she was found in the sanctuary, the same place as Eli, praying for her kids. The very best gift a mom can give her kids is to be a relentless prayer warrior. Can I get an amen in the house? That was far too silent. This is good preaching for you to be this silent. She said, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. She was a praying mom. You know, I just am so grateful to have people that have prayed for me. But one thing I know about Jill's mom especially is she is a praying mom. She has prayed us through so much in life. And we know, actually, it's at the point now we can just count on it. I don't even need to check in with her and say, are you still praying? Are you still praying for us? Are you making sure we're good? She just prays. She prays and she prays and we just know, in fact, it's a gift to us as children. We can just count on the fact she will pray. She is praying. She is praying us through the good times and she's praying us through the bad times. She's praying us through the mountaintops that we wouldn't get too full of ourselves. She's praying for that, but she's also praying us through the valleys. One of the greatest gifts we can give our children, especially moms who are kids, is to be praying moms. The second gift is that she got her own word. She got her own word. You see, Hannah didn't take the word from someone else. She didn't live off someone else's revelation. No, she got a word for herself. Verse 17, then Eli answered, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition. Your petition. I wonder what your petition is today. And can I encourage you, you should go and get your word for yourself. Let's be the type of people. Let's be the type of Christians. Let's be the type of church. We don't live off other people's revelation. 
We don't live off other people's word that they had, which is awesome, and we can certainly live off that word. We can certainly be encouraged by what other people are doing. But let's be the type of people, and especially moms, can I encourage you today, 2018, no matter where your kids are at, get a word for your children. Get a word for where they're at. You can't live off someone else's word. I know this because in Matthew 4, Jesus said this. He says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to be the type of people, the type of parents, just the type of people that get our own word from God in the season that never underestimate getting a word in season for you, getting a word in season for your family, getting a word in season for your kids. Get your own word. See, that's the thing I love about this story is Hannah was found in the sanctuary. She was found in the the place of God. She was found dwelling where God dwelt. See, the thing I love about this story is she was kind of relentless. She was kind of like a little pushy about it. But when it comes to the spiritual things of life, when it comes to the things that God wants us to be a part of, we can be pushy up against God. Can I give you a little secret this morning? God loves it when we're pushy. God loves it when we're pushy. God loves it when we just push into him and say, give me my word for this season. I believe every man in this place, I'm going to speak to the dads for just a moment, but every season you're in, God wants to give you a word. God wants to speak to you in that season. So every season you're in, can I encourage you? Get a word for that season. What is God saying to you? She got her own word. She didn't live off the revelation of someone else. See, this is Old Testament time. And just to explain it the simplest I can, there's no such thing as widespread revelation in 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you wanted a word, you had to go to the priest to get it. You had to go there. But we live in New Testament, New Covenant times. We live in a time we can just go into the throne room of God ourselves. That's why we stand in church and we worship. Because we can go into God's presence. And we can say, Lord, give me a word. This is between you and me. This is us. What's happening in my life? Help me to understand my season. I love that she got her own word for herself. What a sustaining thing. What a sustaining, what a, what a, what a motivating thing for, for Hannah. To have received that word from the priest. To re- have received that word from Eli. God has answered my prayer. God is going to give me what I, God has given me breakthrough. Now I just need to walk into it. Number three, she worshipped. She worshipped. She was a mum who worshipped. She was a mum who got on her knees and she worshipped. Verse 18, she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and her face was no longer sad. She rejoiced. She was radiant because she'd heard from God. Verse 19, they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. I love that. She rose the very next day. She went, she was radiant, she went her way and she worshipped God. She worshipped God. There's something that we just transfer to our kids when we desire ourselves to worship God. Just for ourselves. We want to worship God because we know it's a benefit that we have, that we can stop and we can worship God. There's value in worship. It's more than just singing songs. Even though these days the songs are good. These days the songs are great. But worship is so powerful, and it's just another gift we can give our kids. Moms, you can give that gift to your kid of being a worshiper. 
You can be the type of mom who worships the Lord in spirit and in truth. Real worship. I think I love about my own wife is she's a worshiper. Is anyone else here grateful that my wife is a worshiper? She just knows how to worship. Sometimes I'll just find her at the piano and she's just worshiping. She's just worshiping, but she's passing on that gift to our kids. She's passing on that gift to the next generation, the people that are around her. She knows what it means to worship, and Hannah did as well, but there's many other things we can pass on. You don't have to be a great singer. You don't have to know how to play an instrument. You can be a worshiper. You can honor God in every area of your life. Husbands, men in here, you can be the type of dads and the type of men that you pass on to your kids that they know that they know that my dad honored God. He worshiped God with everything that God gave him. It's powerful and it's a gift to our kids. My wife's a worshiper. I'm more of a faith guy. I'm more of a visionary. I'm kind of that annoying faith guy. You know, everything's, where there's no hope, I see hope. When there's a hopeless situation, I can see a way out. I'm just, I kind of just grab the bull by the horns and say, no, no, God's going to show up. He's going to do something. But I pass that gift along to my kids. My kids will benefit from me being like that. And so can I just encourage you, what is your gift to your kids? Are you relentless when it comes to hope? Are you relentless when it comes to faith? You know, faith pleases God. So if you're a man of faith or you're a woman of faith, can I encourage you today? You will pass that gift on to them. It will change their lives. They will grow up knowing and having parents that are just like, man, my mom, my, my dad, man, even when things really aren't great in my life, he just keeps speaking life. He just keeps speaking faith. He keeps telling me that everything is going to get better. All because of God. It's a gift. She, she worshipped. She prayed. She presented herself towards God. Number four, she committed herself to God. She committed herself to God. She gave the gift of devotion to God's house. Psalm 122 verse 1 in the message says, When they said, let's go to the house of God, my heart leapt for joy. My heart leapt for joy. What a gift it can be, moms, to your kids that you are committed to church. Let's never underestimate the power of what just showing up for us can mean for those around us. Let me say it again. Let's never underestimate the power of us just showing up. Just showing up for us has an impact on the people around us. It's not just for us. Yes, we benefit. That's the amazing thing about the multifaceted God that we serve. On the one hand, we get what we need. But on the other hand, he's also using us to be an example to someone else. And you might not have natural kids in this place, but can I encourage you, why don't you pray for spiritual kids? Why don't you pray to be the type of person that one day you will have spiritual kids that you can speak life into, that you can be an example to. And you can have that commitment to God's house as well. You know, I think about our own family and we are just flat out committed to being in God's house. I look at this text and the thing that I'm inspired about with Hannah, she was committed to God's house, even though the opposition came. Even though she had this other wife, it's a different time, okay? It's other wife, different time, people. But she had this other person that was just in her face year after year. But that didn't stop her. Year after year, she had this obstacle. She had this opposition year after year. And yeah, there probably were times that it beat her down. But I just love her commitment to the house of God. 
We have a saying in our church that I am, I, I, we just have a commitment to the main thing, which is Sunday. Sunday is our commitment. Yeah, we do ministry. We have other things that going, going on in our church. We have youth house. We have woven, wild men. We have all that sort of stuff. But the main thing is Sunday. Sunday is the main thing because it is God's house and we've got to have a commitment to God's house. But as we have that commitment, as we live that out, we pass that on to our kids. She had a deep-held conviction that Samuel would grow up in God's house. Even after Samuel was born, listen to the conviction that even Elkanah had. He went to God's house in verse 22. It says, but Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, as soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, listen to the response, do what seems best to you. There's nothing greater than a mother's intuition. Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. But listen to what he says, only may the Lord establish his word. In other words, may God have his way in the life of this child. Lord, have your way with our children. That should be our prayer. That commitment, that gift that we give our kids. Lord, have your way with our children. That's why we dedicate kids. That's why we dedicate kids to the Lord, because we're believing that God will have his way with these kids. That God will use them in a mighty way. I do this thing every night. My kids have started to, started to, it's actually starting to backfire, because unless I do it, they won't go to sleep. But I pray for them every night. I lay my hand on their heads and I say, Lord, just I, I believe you'll use Jack. I believe you'll use Charlie. I believe you'll use Maisie one day. I pray that they would serve you always. It's something that we can pass on, this commitment to God's house, this commitment that God would establish his word in our kids, that he would establish his word in not just our lives, but the lives of the generations to come. Amen? The thing about it, too, is there's just so much resolve in Hannah. There was so much resolve. It says it went on year by year. The provocation, the opposition, the humiliation. I wonder what would stop you. I wonder if you would be stopped or you would just say, you know what? Pushing it all to the side, we're going to the house of the Lord. We're going to serve God always. You sadly in life, what you see is you see a bit of opposition come in a Christian's life. You see something come their way and just sort of set someone off course. And really, it's just wind and waves on the surface that are there to distract. And the enemy loves to use those things. Can I encourage you, friend? Go deeper. See things differently. See things the way that Hannah saw things. She saw a future for Samuel. She saw the plan and the purpose for Samuel. She wasn't thinking necessarily about herself. But year by year, she went up to Shiloh and she worshipped. Year by year, she had that commitment to God's house. She knew the power in commitment to God and serving Him. And number five, the fifth gift, was she overcame. Hannah had the spirit of an overcomer. She had the spirit of an overcomer. It's so obvious to me that it starts off, man, the Lord had closed her womb, but she was determined. She was determined. She had this purpose to her life to see God do what God needs to do. She had a spirit to overcome. 
She lived with a purpose that would transfer and find its way to Samuel's life. And the amazing thing about this, if you look at the life that Samuel lived, he went on to play the most significant role. One of the most significant roles, he would go on to be God's mouthpiece. He would be, talk about her getting a word from the Lord. Her very son would go on to be the person who would give the word of the Lord. He would be the distributor of God's word. But she received her own word. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, I'll just read it for you. It would be Samuel that anoints David. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? God had moved on from Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel. It says, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Man, she overcame. And look what took place. She overcame and so much changed about the landscape of God's people. So much would would change. I mean, I just think about the people of God, even to this day, David is just revered. David is just, it was, this is King David. But think about Hannah. Think about Hannah's breakthrough moment. It brought about this amazing guy called Samuel who would go on and pour oil over David's head as a little boy. Incredible. She overcame and we are called to be overcomers. What a gift that can be from a mum. To overcome. Team, you can come back up. Five gifts from a mom to be praying. To be the type of mom who gets her own revelation. To be parents that get our own revelation of what God has for us. To get our own word in season. To worship the Lord in spirit and truth. Not to perform for our kids. Not to perform for the people around us. But to do it for ourselves. Knowing full well it will transfer to the next generation, to the people around it. Commitment to God's house, showing up for us, but also for others. And an overcoming spirit. You know, the spirit to overcome, I feel like, is one of those things that we can all have. That God wants us to have. The spirit to overcome obstacles in life. You know, the beginning of the passage, it talks about Hannah being downcast. It talks about Hannah being low, low of spirit. It talks about her being void and desperate and afflicted, literally to be set apart. It said the Lord had closed her womb. But you know, I read that passage, and obviously this isn't the Word of God, but I look at that, and I'm like, well, of course He closed her womb. Because look at what was coming afterwards. Look what was coming next. See, God wasn't going to take any chances. And He's not going to take any chances with you. He's not going to take any chances with your life. See, that's why we have to overcome. We have to believe. We have to have faith that God has set it all before us. That He truly has gone before us, but He's also our rear guard. I think about Him being a rear guard in my life. He's got my back. He's got your back. Whether you're young whether you're older and all in between, we can overcome because God has got our back. Would you stand with me? Thank God for the mums. Father, we just thank you for Hannah. Lord, as just an example in Scripture, Father, that you were working in her life all along. You were working, Father, in her heart all along. 
You were writing an incredible story in her life, Lord, that would be an example to Samuel, a gift to Samuel, something that would transfer to him, that would cause him to go out and do everything that he needed to do for you. Lord, thank you that you're working in our lives. Lord, thank you that you're changing our lives. Lord, thank you that you're causing our lives to be set apart for something special. God, I pray for that right now. Lord, I pray for for mums in this place. Lord, I pray for mothers that maybe you're in a place where they feel a void, that maybe you're in a place where they feel a lack of purpose, that maybe there's desperation, Lord, but thank you, Father, you fill the void. You have the plan. And you know how to execute the plan, Lord. Thank you for mums. God, I just pray a spirit of your overcoming into mums today. To mothers, natural mothers, to spiritual mothers, Lord, to mums who are in waiting, Father. Lord, thank you that you've called them to bring forth something, Father, into the kingdom of God. The things are going to change, Lord. That even in our moments of weakness, even in our moments of affliction, even in our moments of pain, Father, you're right there, ready, Father, to distribute your word, ready to pour out your blessing, ready to make your favor known, ready, Lord, to bring about healing, Lord, ready to bring about increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's worship a little longer this morning. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.